Okay, uh, let's make a start then. And uh, really, really excited this morning, personally. Um, we're going to take a, a slight kind of deviation in our teaching series where we started in the book of Acts. It's a slight deviation, but at the same time, it really complements it well because uh, we've been looking at the first two, three chapters of Acts, which was the birth of the church. It's this incredibly exciting period when Jesus ascends to heaven. He says, right, lads, over to you. I've, I've taught about the kingdom. I've demonstrated the kingdom. I've told you all you need to know. I'm off. The Holy Spirit's coming. Wait, because he's me, and he's going to, well, he's not me, me, but he's, he's God, me, and he's going to empower you. He's going to lead you. He's going to teach you, and you're going to birth the church. And that's an exciting thing that uh, happened then. And it's an exciting thing that happens now. Right across uh, Ireland today, in the 11 vineyard churches that there are in this land, uh, each of the churches we're focusing on church planting. And uh, we're doing this because we want you to know that this is a part of who we are. This is part of our DNA. It's what we've inherited and it's what we want to pass on. And so this morning we want to take some time to uh, communicate that really clearly, the importance of church planting and that we want to be a part of it. And we want to be a part of what God is up to in this wonderful nation or nations of Ireland. And uh, today launches, uh, there's a, a, a video which I'm about to play you and uh, a website, there's the web address which... Uh, has just gone live as well. Uh, a new way to kind of try and uh, just profile church planting here in Ireland to identify, recruit, train potential uh, church planters that we would release more and more of what we have here, that this would be replicated and put in towns and cities right across uh, the land. So uh, here goes. You might see a couple of familiar people or be a few familiar people to you. And I hope this works. that changed my life forever. My life has never been the same. And I love that church planting is all about introducing people and places to the life of Jesus. That's at the core of what the conversation is about. I love church because um, I believe that the world and if we're going to evangelize and reach out into communities and make them livable again and a good place to grow up and a good place to grow old, then I believe the best way to do that is to Churches. We've just spent a lot more time.
was 18, I had an encounter with Jesus that changed my life forever. My life has never been the same. And I love that church planting is all about introducing people and places to the life of Jesus. That's at the core of what this whole conversation is about. I love church because um, I really believe that the local church is the hope of the world. And if we're going to evangelize and reach out into communities and make them livable again and a good place to grow up and a good place to grow old, then I believe the best way to do that is through planting local churches. We've just spent a lot of our time just on the streets in Galway, just giving things away for free to businesses, to taxis, to and in that just talking to them, getting chances to pray for them. Our strapline is a place of hope and we want to see people find hope again in the life of Jesus. The Vineyard Church is known for many things and, and for us what we're finding is we seem to be a hospital. People come their baggage and their brokenness and uh, another strap line that we use is come as you are and we really mean it and we say that, we communicate that a lot and we say when you come through simply leave uh, any kind of facade behind and just simply come, we welcome you regardless of background or regardless of what's going on. Just come and be yourself, engage with Jesus, allow him to work in you and to change you and you do that with us and we do that together. I had a picture of Ireland and like lots of different lights around the country in say cities. So each city was sort of burning brighter and then lights like fire was going out into little towns and villages and it was like the, the whole map was just getting brighter and brighter. In Ireland there's a, a People are looking for a new way to express thousand-year-old faith that's deep in them. And just, we need new churches, we need churches like the Vineyard, uh, people who would come and plant churches. And the thing uh, in Irish, uh, an Irish old saying that says, which means a good start, half's the work. So if you're thinking about planting a church, get ready and get a good start. If you have dreamt about what it might look like to give your life for the kingdom and plant a church in your local community, in your town, in your city, then we want to talk to you. We want to invite you into a conversation about is this for you and is the vineyard for you? And we're excited about what God's doing in your life. about the technical hitches I'll post that video on Facebook Carrick Fergus Vineyard Facebook page and you can just watch it yourself at home without the <laughs> bits um, yeah um, I just wanted to quickly share our wee story you know um, some of you know it well some of you don't really know but Paul and I are both very passionate about the church um, Michelle Michelle's borrowed quote there from Bill Hybels about the local church being the hope of the world. We really believe that and we believe that church is a place that can bring hope to people who don't have any hope and we've seen that time and time again. And Paul and I have both loved serving in different local churches in England and over here. And we, right from the start of our marriage, we felt a draw to be involved in church leadership and we explored different ways of doing that, some of which were obviously not the way for us. And an opportunity came for us to join the staff of Causeway Coast Vineyard in 2008. 
and we were there for two and a half years and we just you know we just feel so grateful for what we've learned along the way in all the places in our church in Watford our church in Carrick and then being at CCV we built on that experience and and the leadership that we'd had in other contexts so while we were in Coleraine we had to do training and an assessment um, and we were approved as church planters so four and a half years ago we moved back to Carrick um, which we didn't know we were going to do we kind of I kind of wanted to go down south, to be honest, and plant the church down there. But um, God said, no, go back to Carrick. I can't get away from this place, but I do love it so much with all my heart. So four and a half years ago, we planted Carrick Fergus Vineyard. And it's just been amazing to see what God has done along the way and how many people's lives have been changed. And we just love that part of it. And, you know, that makes it sound quite straightforward, like, oh, yeah, we just went there and then we decided we'd plant the church and we moved back and we did this. And um, it has been like a difficult journey as well, because there is just obedience involved and um, I remember when we first moved to Coleraine, that was hard because um, we had, well, Hope was three months old when we moved to Coleraine and we had the two boys and Sam was at nursery and Owen was in between. And I didn't know anyone when we moved there. So I loved Carrick, you know, I had my parents down the road. I had my brother and sister-in-law and their kids the same age. I had all my friends. I had a really nice life, you know, and it was hard to kind of say, okay, God, I'll give that up and I'll trust you. But God really provided for us in Coleraine. He provided amazing friends that we still love doing life with. And um, you guys saw some of them yesterday, the guys at the conference. And I just feel like, you know, doing these kind of things is really scary. Like stepping out in obedience is a really scary thing to do. But I do really trust that God provides when you do that. And I think there's some of you here have dreams on your heart. Like it might not necessarily be church planting, although I hope for some people it might be. But God puts dreams in your heart and it feels really scary and you don't know how to do that. But I really believe that when you step out, God provides for you and God shows you the way and, it, and it's a matter of trust in him. So I just want to encourage you this morning you know we're talking about church planting but we're also talking about other stuff what's God stirring up in you and what's he doing and to go with that so this church was planted four and a half years ago we were sent out from Causeway Coast Vineyard they're our parents they were the ones that gave birth uh, to us and uh, their DNA like in DNA of parents to children is in us it's passed on it's passed through us and so you go there you come here you see you experience you taste the the things the values which are so so important and vineyard is called a movement a movement is something that moves changes and so the vineyard movement here in UK and Ireland was birthed in 1987 when John and Ellie Mumford planted the first vineyard in London. It was quickly followed by a couple of other churches and for, I think for the first few years there were literally three or four churches and then over time as they continued to press into these things, more and more churches sprung up and were planted here, there and everywhere. And I guess maybe you're here this morning, you didn't realize that actually this could happen this is possible 
Uh, yes, it is. And so for the next few minutes, we want to look at it. And first of all, we want to say and communicate that it's a biblical pattern. It's part of the biblical mandate and calling that God had for us. Jesus, at the end of Matthew, it's a very well-known passage, is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, to go and make disciples. They were the, some of the passing words that Jesus had for his disciples. Go make disciples. And disciples are made in the local church. It's wonderful when conversion takes place. That is just the most wonderful thing, isn't it? When someone gives their life to Jesus and they give their yes to him, surrendering themselves to him, that's absolutely wonderful. We celebrate with the angels in heaven when that happens. But disciples, followers, are made in the local church. And it's God's plan A. It's his number one plan of how uh, things are to be done. And so the Great Commission is a church planting mandate that wherever the kingdom is, the churches are birthed. And the Acts of the Apostles, what we've been looking at the last two weeks and we're going to continue to look at, is exactly this. The Holy Spirit came, the kingdom came, and churches were planted. And you read through the book of Acts, and those lads just had a ball starting from scratch. Like literally, there was no church. And they just went for it. And we later will pick up at some point um, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, the greatest church planter that ever lived. The one who took these crazy journeys. You imagine some of the journeys that he went on. The missionary trips that they were called. And he went to different cities and different places. And he went into those areas. And what did he do? He preached the gospel. He demonstrated the kingdom. The kingdom came. The king came. And people's lives were converted and were changed. Um, you want to look at this later, we've not time this morning, but in Acts 18, we read about the story when Paul goes to Corinth, this major city. He goes there, he shows up, he's in the synagogues, he's teaching, uh, says many people responded to what was said, people were giving their lives to, to God in this way, and he appointed good folks, good leaders in those places, and churches were birthed. He remained in Corinth for a year and a half and then he went on to go plant another church. That's what happened. That was the birth. That was the early, early stages that we read about um, in Acts. But that was then. And now is different. Look around you. You know, for, for, for the Acts, there were no churches. Every single place that they went to, it was a new thing come to Carrick Fergus, come to Northern Ireland, man, we've got loads of churches. And like, we've got nearly as many churches in this town as we have hairdressers and takeaways, right? And, and so when God spoke to us and he said, you know, you're going back to Carrick, we were just like, God, why there? Why there? You know, there's, there's got to be 20 churches in this town. It's not massive. And that's a good, that's a good point. That's a good question. But here's the thing. Is every person in this town in loving relationship with God? No, they're not. And so when we plant a church in town that already has some great churches, we're going to join in with what they're already doing. And that another church means that more people get drawn in. I'm going to give you another example. I like cycling. And uh, a, a new cycle club was birthed or started 
in the town called Carrickfergus Cycling Club, original name, I know. And that, that started, I'm guessing, about 18 months, maybe two years ago. And at the time, I was just like, oh, no, why? Why, why, why another cycling club? Sure, we got Madigans. Why, why would you do that and, and all this? And I caught myself on. I was like, yeah, that's exactly the same question that people ask about other churches. It's like, that cycling club has drawn and attracted a whole bunch of other newbie cyclists, including myself, that wouldn't necessarily be drawn and attracted to the Madigan Cycling Club. Now, I'm just using that as an example. And they're both great clubs with some great folks in them. It's the same kind of deal. It's like start a new place. New people are drawn to that. And it's not, not uh, about competition or anything like that. You see, whenever new churches are planted into different areas, the existing church, some ministers get upset. And, um, and we do our very, very best. Whenever we announced the news that we were coming to Carrick to plant a church, we had letters in the post to the ministers of the town explaining clearly what, who we were and what we were about and an invitation to buy them a coffee and chat them through whatever um, things that they might have on their minds. And some ministers get upset because they do see, like I saw with the cycling thing, this sort of element of competition. But actually it's not about competing because we're actually on the same team. And that's really, really important. And so often you will hear us communicate this, we're just a part of the body of Christ. We are a part of the body of Christ and we will never seek to dishonor uh, other folks, other churches, other ministers at all. Um, and the thing is that what we are competing against is other things. Cycling is one of them. Okay, so Sunday morning is the most um, popular time for cyclists to go cycle. Right now, across this land, hundreds of folks, middle-aged men in lycra, <laughs> mammals, will be on two wheels on the roads where they're at their quietest for throughout the whole week right now. That's what we're competing against. Competing against other sport, other leisure things. We're competing against, against I just want to lie in. It's the one morning I get to stay in my bed and kick around in my, in my jammies around the house. We're, we're, we're also, jammies. What do you call them? What do you call them? Jammies. <laughs> That's a new one. Jormies. <laughs> Here, I'm meant to take the mick out of your accent. It's not meant to be this way around. <laughs> Can't believe it. You get the point. There's other things. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. There's a phrase, uh, variety is the spice of life. And I believe that we need new churches to be planted because we do things differently. And some people are drawn to some things and other places and all the rest. And folks, if you're our guest here this morning, we want you to be our guest. We want you to feel incredibly welcome with us. And if you're coming and you're kind of thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm at the point in my life, I, I'm looking for church. I'm looking for people to do life with. You'll come and you'll check us out. And you're so welcome. And you might find, actually, this is where I sense God is leading me to do life with these guys. And that's great. And we welcome that. And you're so welcome. 
But you might find that actually, no, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't the variety for me. I prefer Kellogg's cornflakes to crunchy nut cornflakes, you know. And so, so the, do you know what I'm saying? We're not all the same. It's not in the notes. I know I'm kind of scratching around for analogies. Can I you? Do you want to come and do this? I'll move swiftly on. I had another analogy about buses. Will I use the bus analogy? No? Taxi. Okay. So uh, another point is that uh, new churches, new church plants have greater flexibility to actually go do stuff. Okay. Uh, This dude called Peter Wagner said this, each new generation must be evangelized on its own terms. And I believe that church planting is the best way of gathering and evangelizing uh, new people. We, uh, in our earliest days and still now, we've great flexibility to kind of chop and change. If we sense God saying something that we need to go do something, we can go do that. It's easy to steer uh, a smaller boat with greater flexibility than it is a large cruise liner. And, and so by planting new churches, you just get to make quick decisions and go, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And that's a wonderful thing too. Healthy churches grow. We need to plant churches because it's the natural trajectory of a healthy church. Healthy things grow and reproduce. And it's actually contagious. You know, healthy things grow. You know, you put, ki- you put food into kids, what happens to them? They get bigger. They grow up. And, and it's important as we grow that at some point we reproduce. We would love to plant churches from this church. It is important that we do that as time goes on. Uh, healthy church, it's healthy for the sending church. Whenever um, a church is planted, usually some of the best folks, the most influential people, uh, the, our best leaders, we send. And that can be a really, really sad thing, a grieving thing, when we actually say goodbye to really good people who have real influence in our church. And that, on the one hand, can be really sad, but you need to know that it's, a, it's very much part of the kingdom. And we, as a vineyard movement, we celebrate that. We say, yes, in order for us to grow, we need to release our best people. We release our best people because we want to send them that they go do the same somewhere else, in a different town, to a different neighborhood, and to different people. But in sending them, what it does is it creates space, creates a gap, and it creates a a, a void for folks, existing people, to rise up and to take on the mantle themselves and to fill into that uh, place and into that space that has been left behind. A question sometimes people might, might think or ask is this, why not fix or renew existing churches? Why don't we fix the churches that we already have? Why don't we spend our time renewing churches instead of planting new ones? And whilst that's a good question, it's the wrong question. Because we can do both. We can do both. We can both plant churches but also renew the church. And a big part of of our culture and our DNA within the vineyard is that we would renew the local church. Wimber, one of the Wimber things was he used to say this, Jesus first, church second, vineyard third. And he always placed the, the wider body of Christ above the vineyard church. The, the, that was much more important. 
And so we, uh, as a movement, as a people, want to bless and renew and speak honorably, but also serve faithfully where we can, the wider church, deeper. We have our monthly worship time uh, here. Uh, ladies, on April 17th, is that right? Uh, on a Friday night? I know you haven't. Can I? Oh, I have already. Uh, ladies, there's, there's going to be a ladies uh, through reach, through reach miss. is going to be uh, an evening in here on a Friday night. For women to gather for what we do. We worship, we teach, and we minister. And you ladies are going to get to do that. Now both that and deeper, I would say counting the, or seeing the number of folks who are there, I would have said at least a third of the people that come to that at this moment are folks from other churches. And that's, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. And they're so welcome. And as we welcome them as guests, we say, God bless you. Go back to your churches with our blessing. Because we want to serve and we want to um, bless the wider church. So that's that. So where are we at? Where are we at as a, as a church? Well, uh, here's a map. I love maps. Love them. And uh, I appreciate that's probably not so easy to see there. But they are the vineyard churches as we speak in, in UK and Ireland. And uh, you'll see bottom right-hand corner, that's not the Isle of Wight. That's uh, London, kind of um, blown up a good bit. And there's a good number of churches there. And then you can see uh, the south and the southeast, lots and lots of churches. The white dots, they're uh, church plants. Uh, the gray ones are established churches. To become an established church, there are four kind of main things that need to tick boxes in terms of size and structure and governance and things like that need to take place. Um, and then the dark kind of black ones, you can see a few dots there, they're uh, future churches, churches that uh, have been approved and are going to happen with time, uh, but haven't yet started, haven't yet been planted. So that's that. And you'll see some massive gaps. See a massive gap right, right across Scotland. Just four vineyard churches there. You'll see in Wales that uh, in Cardiff, a uh, church was planted and is thriving. It was planted out of Trent Vineyard a number of years ago. And uh, you can probably see if you look left or west uh, of Cardiff there, if you know your geography, you'll see that the future church is to be planted. That will be the second church in Wales. And then you see the purple on the left, and that's us. And uh, this, uh, this map might help you a bit more. Um, this is us. And uh, you'll see 13 circles there. There are 11 churches. Uh, seven of them are established. Four of them are church plants. And uh, you'll also see two others. Armagh is a campus vineyard from Dungannon. And you'll see Limavady, which is a campus uh, plant looked after by Causeway Coast Vineyard. And uh, so that's us. And you'll see some big gaps. The big gaps are in the south. And uh, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, over the years to see more and more of those uh, over the years. And you can see that as we speak this, as we cast vision over the next few, uh, over today, that there's the, the vision of 50 churches to be planted in the next 15 years. There we are. So, where are we?
This is our hope. This is our dream. This is what we're shooting for. This is what we're hoping for. This is what we're believing for. Some of you are going to go. Some of you would really love to go, to be honest. <laughs> but most will stay. But you're still part of this. You're still part of this because you get to pray for those that go. You're still part of this because you celebrate and you honor them as they go. You know when we left uh, Coleraine? Uh, it, was, it was really, it was quite emotional really. They, um, they did this, like, we were at the front of church and they prayed for us and they celebrated us and all the rest. And then they did that thing that you kind of do at weddings sometimes, down the center aisle, and they kind of put their hands up like this and they were, I was here, Harry was there, and we were kind of doing this, created this like tunnel. And we kind of went through it and they just went absolutely ballistic. The whole church just erupted with just celebration and uh, just applauding. And I was just like, my goodness, that's just, for us, it was just wonderful that these guys, were they were sending us out. Go on, you can do it. You can do it. And we, get, we all get to do that. When someone leaves here, we get to do that. We get a part in that. We get to finance them. We give to them financially from our own pockets. And we say, yes, we believe in you. And we believe in you that we're going to invest in you. And here's some cash to help get things going there. This is what we're called to. And um, if you want to know more, uh, you can visit this website that's just started, Multiply Vineyard Island. There's loads of things on there, loads of resources there. And uh, if you're seriously interested in this or in any form of pioneering leadership, pioneering meaning starting new things, the gift of apostleship, when we talk about spiritual gifts, and you've, you know lots of them, apostleship, what's the gift of apostleship? Lots of people ask, and a bit of confusion around that. Apostleship simply means starting new things, planting new things, new ministries and new churches. And if you think that God's calling you to, to maybe plant a church or be part of a church planting team that will go, you're not quite sure whether you're going to head it up yourself, but you want to be a part of something like that. You want to be a part of something that's going to break new ground and go into new areas. Then we'd encourage you to join up and sign up and be part of this thing here called the Hub. The Hub is the Vineyard's uh, training ground, a gathering of people from Vineyard churches across Ireland that come together on a monthly basis. It starts in September and it will likely to be hosted in Belfast. And uh, there will be monthly training evenings where you'll talk about vision and calling, communication, gathering, evangelism, um, spiritual, emotional capacity, leadership, multiplication, all those kind of things. And as well as that, um, you'll be tied into the Vineyard Bible Institute, which is our Bible teaching institute, lots of great resources, lots of great courses that can be covered and taught and you learn, uh, which is all online as well, which gives you the theological training as well for that. That's it. That's just us just casting a bit of vision. It's not necessarily really a sermon per se, but it's just us casting vision saying, guys, this is who we are. This is what we're about. And we, we're coming up five years old. 
guys, we, we would love it. I would love it. We would love it if, if other churches went from this place. Look around you. You're here because someone gave us permission. We're, you're here because um, a number of folks, not just ourselves, were obedient to God's call. We're here because someone else believed in us and has given us permission to be here. We're here because you're here, because he's here, and he's the one who's building his kingdom in us and through us. And it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, is just a wonderful thing. We are deeply passionate about it. We believe and we agree with what Michelle said on the video, that it is the hope for the world. It's the hope for our societies, for hope for our nation, hope for our culture, for our neighborhood, for all those things. This is it. And we, we're not saying that, you know, who we are and what we do is the best. At all. At all. We are a part of the wider church. But we are into seeking to multiply and give it away and go elsewhere. And we're inviting you, whether you stay or whether you go, that you're a part of that. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful thing called the church. We thank you that we are the bride of Christ. Thank you. Thank you that you call us to be together. You, you call us to be family. And we, again, we acknowledge you. You are the head of the church. And we say, come and take your place. Come and take your place. And right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would equip us with what we need. And so we simply pray, come Holy Spirit. And I just encourage you, wherever you are, wherever you're at, just to say, God, I need you. I need you for my own life, for my own family, for my own place. Just come. Welcome you here. Come, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord. Welcome you. And as we've been worshipping this morning, and as we've been sharing this, I just believe that something's rising up in a number of you. 
as you hear these things, uh, for, for, for most people, it is a case of, wow, that's amazing. That's great to be a part of. But there are some of you that as we've been sharing, God's just been really speaking to you about starting new things. It could be church planting. It could be to be a part of something that's new like that. Or it could be that you just have this sense this morning as we've been sharing that God is stirring up something in you that you are to start, that you're the pioneer, that you're to do um, either in this church or outside of the church that's part of the church. And you're not quite sure what it looks like yet. And you don't know even where to begin. You don't know where to start. You don't know how it happened. But this morning, for some of you, it's going to be this is the start. It starts with obedience. It starts with coming into line with what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying in your life. And all those other things will fall into place as time goes on. But if you sense this morning that as we've been sharing that God's calling you to starting something, we want to pray for you. And in this moment, before we end, I'm going to invite you to stand wherever you are right now. I think there's still one or two more people. You're, there's, there's a reluctancy to stand for a number of reasons. Just going to give a moment or two more. Wow, there you go. going to pray for you now and um, let's pray Lord thank you thank you just give it to him now God just give it to him now give him your spirit God just give it to him that's it just take it receive it Those of you who are not stood, but you know how to lay hands on someone and, and bless what you see God doing, it's all hands on deck. Go for it now, please. Just get up and go for it. And, uh, and folks, uh, I need to explain as we're doing this. This is, um, this is what's happening. If you're not sure what's happening, people are just responding this, this is a human thing in terms of responding by standing. That's a human choice. But what they're standing to is a spiritual thing.
It's a spiritual thing that God's giving these folks. And so what's happening now as people begin to stand with folks and lay hands is they're just blessing what God's already doing. So they're not going to pray prayers like, oh, such and such, they're just a really great bloke and blah de blah This is the prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, just give them now what they need. Give them now. Would you stand, Zulema, and pray here, please? And just give them what they need, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Give it to them, God. Thank you, Lord. is wonderful just birth in them birth it in them God go really really deep those he calls he equips those who he speaks to he says this I am with you be strong and be courageous for I am with you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray you just release compassion. Compassion for the people that you have in mind. Just give it to them, God. All of this is about people at the end of the day. And God, I pray that you just give them compassion. This is where it starts. It starts with obedience. It starts with saying, yes, Lord. It starts with the compassion that God gives us. And I just think that all that other stuff, like how and when and where and who and how do I begin this stuff, that just follows after. This is the starting place. 